Welcome to The Last Supper, a weekly podcast featuring emerging and established artists, gallerists, curators and collectors in Asia. Hello, I'm your host Oscar Venaus and in today's episode I sat down with artist Rio Ma. We touched on multiple aspects of his work including how he has learned how to make garments, the value of creation, how he dealt with depression and his latest project Form and Void in Hong Kong. Learn more about art in Asia with Christie's education in person and virtual art courses, gallery visits and webinars. Visit Christie's Education website and enter all in capital letters Last Supper 15 to enjoy a 15% discount. The website link and discount code for Christie's Education can also be found in the description of this podcast. Welcome Rio and let's begin. Yeah, because uh, of course you can Tommy, but we have only one mic, so you'll have to come to us because we can hear you only very faintly in the background. If you want to chip in, just come over Tommy. Because we we're more like share consciousness group. We we found out that our group can be like as one. Not only our group, like everyone is is actually as one, but some of them uh just another another pack of you, like whoever you see here now we ha- have an as a as one so sometimes they're more like the talkative me i'm more like just i can create but this is my language i don't use language or, or words normally and that's why I, i i believe in we all as one because i'm also using this pack of me to tell their story so yeah sometimes tommy or or another guy called eric they they explain in their their words. That's really good to know Rio and this sounds like a real collaborative effort. Uh yeah, without permission actually. <laughs> How then did you begin working together with Tommy because you began working by yourself first Rio? Yeah, I started by myself like but I met Tommy like 17 years ago when we was a kid. We 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 go cycle together. But he never say that he he, he gonna hey, let let me do this, let me do that. He's always here but until maybe three years ago this too much shit happened to me and 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 like i tried to work with the commercial world and i just didn't like the way they treat creator and since that tommy start stepping in and and trying to help me out on those park and i i can really just have fun with whatever i w- want to have fun yeah now we have like i don't know quite a lot of us together and and having fun in different format I haven't even asked how you are Rio. So how are you today? I'm I'm enjoying the moment. The reason why I go to artist studios is of course to immerse myself in the world and environment. I've been to many studios and this one we are in today has a very different feel and look to it. The space reminds me a little bit of the French movie The City of the Lost Children because of its industrial workshop feel. But I'd like to hear from you how you would describe your own workspace in Hong Kong, Rio. Maybe the same, you know, <laughs> because it's new to me every time when I come back. I come here every day, and this is the third atelier in Hong Kong. And how I started is just magic. I found this place one day on internet, and I just come here to check it out immediately. And I made the decision immediately. So there was nothing, but. The landlord allowed me to. I don't have to reconstruct again when I leave. 
I don't have to like return to how it looked like. So I can do whatever I want here. And I felt the energy here is just different. So I decided to rent the place. And I used to work on wearable artwork more than anything. Maybe sometimes photography, but I was in my own box. And since I moved here, I just started to make everything. I see Tommy getting off the sofa as well and walking over. So Tommy, what can you say about this studio and workplace? Uh, hello everyone, uh, I'm Tommy. What's real said just now, uh, I met him since I, I was little when we were like 11 and 12. But we actually, we went to UK to study at different times and different places. But at the end, we came back to Hong Kong. Once we were back to Hong Kong and I saw Rio's first studio in Tai Kok Choi. And it's like the first time that he really created a space based on his thoughts. Because previously, when we were little, we were just living with our parents. So we are living in an environment that we could not really design and customize whatever we want. But uh, in the first studio, Rio started to have this space. And as time evolves, as uh, like rental prices increase, he had to move to another place. It's more of an um, office area in Kwai Chung. And um, the vibe is just quite different with Tai Kok Choi. And you can see how the vibe limits Rio's creativity and his thinking. And it's also related to something that happened during that time. So during that time in Kwai Chung, actually the creation's quite different in Tai Kok Choi time and also the place we have now. So after a while, Rio just decided to look for a new place. So we ended up here in Wong Chok Hang. Because this space, different from the two spaces before, this space we have and two outdoor areas. So actually it created quite a lot of space for Rio to really at that time that Rio transformed from um, doing wearable arts and photography and started to explore a lot of different channels and mediums. So not just limited to physical, and he also explored creativity in the digital space. He started to learn about Blender and see how he could actually create something that could not be created in this physical world. So it's really at this place that we start to see a really long range of mediums that real things could present the ideas that we always talk about when like, we chill between our friends and our community. And um, I think it's also at this time that, because Rio mentioned that I started to help him with organizing his thoughts and also this place during these three years. It's actually at this point that triggered me to see how this range of pieces and artworks that he made were able to actually influence people's thinking. And I, I actually feel like a sense of satisfaction and also there's just a, a really good feeling when people see Rio's artwork and they were able to understand what we've been talking about all these years. Because just by words, just by talking to people, we didn't really feel that people understand us. But now through different types of mediums, we were able to let people understand through the, the best medium that they are able to understand a concept. Let me ask you who Rio Ma is. So who is Rio? Ooh. Who Rio is? <laughs> Everyone can be real. Real is more like just a concept, a vision, or a thought, or some kind of projection. I just receive the energy and I don't really know who real is. Real is just consciousness. So when Tommy understand me or T understand me or Eric understand me, they can be real. So I, I, I don't know who real is. 
So the way you describe it is that the idea of Rio is a shared consciousness and who Rio is depends on the individual you communicate with because of their personal interpretation and experiences. So there is this kind of multiplicity of identity who Rio is, whatever the other person makes of it. Is that a fair description? I think the thought somehow already on Earth or in our dimension in different format, but just I'm using some kind of format to group branch of people that can understand from this kind of format. So in this way, when they un understand me and they carry on to, to spread the seed, they are already real. Uh, I don't know how to explain in a less abstract way because <laughs> because yeah, yeah I, I use other kind of format to tell story most of the time. I have a small favor to ask that will make a big impact. The Last Supper is offered to you at zero cost. And if you like the show about art in Asia, show your support by giving us a star rating and subscribing to this podcast. Many thanks and let's continue. I'm looking around me and next to us are several pieces of hardware. Or how would you describe these works that we are looking at? Just like Paco, this is like leather sculpture, but this is all based on my mood to create. I didn't use any pattern because I used to do all the tradition craftsmanship work. I learned from Taylor, Shanghai Old Taylor, like every technique. And ended up, I, I, I enjoy doing it without any rule, like even pattern. I just, I don't base on the size. I just created whatever in my mind or how I feel like, and I will wait for the person. So I started with that and I find out that this is not the only format I really enjoy with. And I start to make my own lens because I'm also very into photography. And I, I want to share whatever in my mind to my friend. So I create my own lens out of those vintage lenses I create in UK. Because I used to collect a lot of vintage lens from the vintage market. And I left it in, in Atelier for quite a while until Few years ago, I started to make my own lens or my own camera. It's really phenomenal that you can just create new lenses and cameras from old pieces. Was photography an interest you always had? And what attracted you to photography and old cameras? It's more like time machine to me. So I can get back to whenever I want because I have fully control of that frame. And that's actually in my mind already and and i can just go back and feel the moment because i'm leaving that moment by using my own tools to understand what is happening in front of me so that's it's more like a hobby to me you know last time we met we briefly talked about your time in the uk explain to me how you ended up there and the reason why you went to the uk in the first place I was planning to go to New Zealand or US, but my sister didn't enjoy hanging out with me. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to US. <laughs> and end up, I went to a school fair and then there's a school waving a hand to us, <laughs> telling me that, oh, you can ride. Uh, we have horse riding, we have swimming pool, but yeah, all we have is just rugby. I uh, see. So the people at the school fair persuaded you 
for you to move to the UK. So what can you tell me about your experience in the UK because you decided not to go to London but Cambridge instead? I didn't enjoy the environment in, in London. I know I'm going to party e- every day. Like, so I prefer myself in Cambridge, a place that really can calm me down and I really enjoy being chill there, like doing nothing. Just let me lay down on the, at Jesus green and, and I can like do it for a few years. So I decided to stay in Cambridge and I had a degree with Kingston. So they have a small campus at a school in Cambridge. So I, I just applied for that. And because I know school is not the only thing that I can develop myself. They provide you a good environment, maybe like equipment, but they won't develop your mind. So it's just a way to get my visa in UK. So I, I can apply for different interns to see how things go in. So I try to be buyer. I try to be like a work for designers during the Paris Fashion Week. I try to understand what is going on and what I didn't really enjoy. What what I gonna say no, <laughs> you know? So it's more like I go there for visa and then for the environment in Cambridge. If I understand it correctly, you avoided London to focus more on developing yourself instead of going to parties. The As way the way I party is just creating at, at my home. Or maybe I go out to ride my motorbike sometimes, but my kind of party is just staying at my home and then creating with my might. Before you moved to the UK, where did you learn how to make garments? Because in your studio where we are, you have a rack full with patterns and leather garments. How did you learn to cut patterns and make garments? Because I'm not from a wealthy family, so when I see people wearing like expensive trousers, I, I want to know why, why is that expensive? So uh, go and like go on YouTube, go on internet, or ask some kind of old master from Hong Kong, hey, h- how to do that? And they will just tell you, like because you're just a kid, they will tell you. And since that, I, I maybe like 12 or 13, I, I start to make denims. So I reconstruct all those old denims, and that's how I started it. And I see several beautiful heavy duty sewing machines as well in the studio here. Are these the ones that you learned making garments on? Ooh, the sewing machine was from an old lady. She, she was like, hey, do you want a sewing machine? I can sell it to you for 1,000 kwai. I was like, ooh, okay, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually it's a, it's a industrial machine, which we left it outside the, our front door because it's not working yet. I can fix it. It's more like, ooh, I can see the first machine every day because I, I had a, like easier for myself to control because that one is, is really too old and this is more efficiency for myself. When I think it, I have to do it. I can't spend all day here doing just the machine work. <laughs> What's really fascinating about you is that you not only have very original ideas, but you have the craftsmanship and curiosity as well. You have the ability to transform your ideas into physical and tangible pieces. Yeah, I always made this joke like, I graduate from YouTube University. If you can't find a tutorial, you, you're probably not using the right words. You will find it if you really want to learn how to do that technique. It will be on the internet somewhere. You just didn't have the effort to find it sometimes. Or when you find it, you, you figure out that, oh, it will take you 36 hours to do the like single sewing. Yeah, just hand sewing. You, you can't do other sewing. So not much people will really do the execution. <laughs> 
So that's really fascinating. And I see Tommy coming back as well. Do you watch YouTube as well uh, to learn new skills, Tommy? Maybe I can share a bit about this because I read about stuff on the internet as well. Like I want to make something, but always after I read the tutorial, I st I'm still not able to do it because I'm a logical type of person and uh, I just see the steps, but I need a lot to tell me, oh, I can actually try this to test it out, but I can't do that. But when I see Rio doing things, he reads the basics and he starts to just use his imagination, like based on, oh, this can be like this and maybe I could do this. And that's how he, he was able to just basically know, know about this tool and doesn't need to spend a lot of time to go into the details, but just try to get the best out of it and make what he wants to present to the world. So that's, that's actually like something that I could not do as a logical thinking type of person. Let's continue to talk more about your work, Rio, because it has a very distinctive feel and look to it. What more can you tell me about your work? I work with time and like really natural. I, I don't care about what color was it. I just work on it and I leave it outdoor and let the sun to do the job or the weather to do the job. So I don't dye my whatever now. But I used to dye with metal when I work with leather they will just work things out for me. And I enjoy seeing things. I like to jam with them in this way. When you work, do the materials dictate and inspire you to create? Or is it the other way around or something else? How or what drives you to create? Mm. The, the material will be in front of me and I will never know what my next material, but when the material is in front of me, I will, ooh, okay. Like one time in Malaysia, I was in T's studio and I look at the street down there and I saw a wooden door. So I just go grab it. I know that's my material. That's our material of the night. So that's how I start with material. Do you sketch as well? Or when you have an idea in your heads, you then intuitively work on it. And through this process, the work slowly emerges. That's tons of way to create. Like I don't use only one format, but sometimes there will be an image in my mind, but sometimes I, I, can, I can sketch it up, but I just not fully enjoy it enough. I draw, I, I sketch, but it's more like the very first step of one thing to explain to others. And uh, sometimes I just skip the sketch. I just feel whatever it will look like. <laughs> I work with the energy itself. Whatever the, the world brings me, I just feel it. So maybe in a physical way to talk about it, then yeah, material itself is how we start with. When you work so intuitively, can you describe to me when you know when a work is finished or do you believe that your work is never finished? It's never a product to me. It, every one of them uh, with story with me is like, it will never end. Even on those collectors, it will never end. Like the first collection, they're actually still sending it back and I, I will still reconstruct it. That's how I call it new stuff. So when people ask me, hey, you, you're not doing wearable garment anymore, uh, I'll, I'll be like, no, but I reconstruct my own work. So that's how the new stuff out and other people will, will won't be able to get that kind of pieces. 
And what is your viewpoint on letting go of the pieces that you work on? Because in a way, they are never finished or complete. Mm, the way people collect my stuff is more like we have, we're gonna have tons of conversation, but we didn't do it on purpose. It's just flow. One day they will ask, maybe Tommy, maybe Eric, how can they be able to collect something? And if I can feel them, then I will, I will just let them collect it. That's how things work. Like my wearable pieces, there's no size tag. So in London, there was few pieces. It took six years to find the right person. But that person gonna wear it forever because I, I don't think that it needs to be seasonal. It's third ways on earth. So I don't wanna inspire anyone doing a brand or seasonal shit because end up it will be in the field. But recently I find out if everyone made their own clothes for their friends and family, then we can, we can do something with that. So I still enjoy making clothes. I still enjoy making patterns, but that's how I start with it. Do you mind speaking more about how you work with collectors and partners? Because I find it really fascinating how you collaborate. Some of the pieces I know they can be able to understand it and will will wear it for quite a while, then that kind of pieces, I will be able to have feel conversation and understand, can he be able to understand the pieces? That's okay, but that's very rare. But some of the pieces I really need to think about is because there might be story behind it. And that story, uh, without the story, the pieces itself won't be here. And that really need to make me think, like if Tommy want to call it anything, it has to be some kind of story that also appear on him or as one. I feel as one and that made things easier. But yeah, that is not my whole intention. So I never care will anyone collect it or not. This is never the intention until maybe Tommy, he said, hey, hey brother, you can work like this. Like people ask you doing things for free all the time in Hong Kong because it's a commercial world. They skip your pack, you know. They ask you to do all the shit. So yeah, that's how they started up. And it's never the, the intention that we want someone to call it our stuff because I'm more into getting it into national museum and everyone can really get what I want to try to say instead of someone paying me because I can, all, all I need to do is create. I, I don't care about, I don't go on my case. I can spend all the money on tools, on material, on rentals. Yeah, that's not how made me ha happy. Money won't make me happy. Come over Tommy, because I see you want to add something as well. Like, uh, well, for me, it's like, uh, like real mentioned how people just take the things that he enjoys doing for granted, right? But at the end of the day, like our purpose is to, we know that we have this thinking, but we want people to be able to understand it. But since we are living in a reality, we need cash to make this thing run and also to have the funds available for us to broadcast this message to the world. So I started to participate in this and to find ways to make this sustainable. And the trigger point for me is like how the commercial world in Hong Kong they are not able to see the value of creation. And I just want people to be able to understand the value of creation, the value of art and the value of culture. Because I don't think this is a very familiar idea for Hong Kong people. Like there was a commercial job. The guy expects Rio to do every part of it, like design, uh, actually de uh, deconstructing the shopping space 
and doing all the paintings and stuff. But all these are actually works, right? And he gave out his budget based on all these physical things that you can see. But he actually thinks like the design fee part is worthless. And, and why this is a trigger point is I want people to understand there's value behind this. There's a lot of work and uh, there's a lot of research. As you said, Rio needed to develop his skills. Rio needed to develop his perspectives. And also, it's the way he thinks that's the uniqueness, right? So we just want people to understand that living in a commercial world, I think the way people need to understand the value is somehow related to a money value, right? So we just want to let people understand uh, why we think there's a value behind this. And after that, they could make their own judgment about whether they want to collect it. And talking about collection, we just don't want people to collect for the sake of collecting. We want it to, as Rio said, represents a part of him, especially why he enjoys uh, seeing Rio's work. Like last time there was a collector, he has been buying garments from uh, Rio for quite a few years. I think back in Thai culture time already. And he came and saw a um, art piece, like a concrete trousers. And there's a story behind it that we think fits him very well. And actually he came to ask us whether he could collect it. So we, we thought for a while, cause that was just a piece that we made as an installation in this atelier. But we think that it really fits him cause he has been supporting a real in making his wearable arts, his garments for quite a few years. So I think like this sort of collection is how we would enjoy and by him collecting it, he could actually have a piece in his own space that he could share this, the joy that he gained from uh, Rio's work to his own community, to his own family and friends. So I think that's the whole idea why we started to think about how we should let people collect the stuff. Because at the end of the day, we only, have, we only have two mouths, we only have four hands. There's only a certain extent that our messages can be broadcasted, right? But through this way, like one person to another person, and that person maybe to two people. In that way, people are able to explain to their own community through their own language, instead of having our own language between Rio and I and trying to broadcast to everyone. So I think through this way, I think we would just like at this stage, we would just like to use this way to start to let people know about our whole philosophy and all our ideas. Why do you believe that people in Hong Kong don't understand the value of creation? I mean, I think people here are very creative in a cultural way, but most of the time people here are too shine and be shameful on being creative. There's no good or bad. This made the place unique and I'm trying to enjoy it. Actually, I, I had so much joy recently by doing a project with t Bai. So we're actually having a so-called exhibition, but it's actually uh, to record whatever we, we have fun. We had space that's supported by, I don't know what, what's that, but it named Form and Void. So they let me and T to have fun at the space because it's an artist form space. So me and T recently start to build whatever in our mind. So we call that Void because it named Form and Void. And for it to us, it's like when we do things and enjoy, we, that's how we do our meditation. Whatever I create, I, I can get in, into the void. And we want to share the feeling with everyone, not just people who love art, also 
people from the community. And there's old man came in and, and he, he can also enjoy the whole space. So people in Hong Kong, normally when they see a gallery, they will be afraid. They don't even talk inside, you know. They, yeah, it's a bit too serious. They're taking it a bit too serious because it sounds like involving a lot of money. In this commercial world, everyone is af- afraid or respect the money side. So people here make me feel like they're, they're just shy to create. And me and T had a project named Collaboration Without Permission. So whoever passing by, when we talk to them, we understand that he might be enjoy drawing on, on the painting. We just invite him to, to draw on the painting or do whatever they want. And we can start to let them understand the feeling of creating something without any permission. This is what freedom actually means instead of upside down the rule. Now, we talked about the importance of narrative early, so I'd like to hear your viewpoint on this. Imagine if I were to be a collector and I really appreciate your work, but I have a different understanding of what's behind your work, or basically I have a different interpretation of your work. Would that be an issue for you? Uh, actually, it, not much people can really come to Atelier to collect things. The reason I work with the collector in UK is because I really didn't enjoy explaining myself to people. Because I, I, I rather spend that time on creating different things. So I, I felt blessed that someone do the job for me, you know. That's why I used to work with people from Japan. I used to work with people from Paris. And, and that's why now I'm only working with one story. Is because people, when they listen to my story, they love the story in a PR way or marketing way. But when you really working out that things like or that kind of thoughts without seasonal so how how can they make profit when you're not doing it seasonal so i'm only working with people that can really tell my story most of the time i will just shut my door and and work things out here with our might in chinese there's a word called yuanfen so i think things go with flow i i i don't plan anything i i think you will never there will always something happen and you can't plan things. So for me, whatever happened, I go feel it. I go ask myself yes or no. I want to be certain. So I, I won't go to different universe by getting lost. Yes, no, yes, no. I just feel myself and, and I would I would choose yes or no. They just need to know the story. They don't have to use my story. So they can be enjoy the story or... And, and also, uh, when I say people collect my things, it's recently some people bought by my friend and, and they has been always want to see my work in, in person. So they have the chance to meet us in, in person and we, we can finally tell the story in person. So we decided, okay, we can work, work things out uh, like this way as well. But this is also like Yun Fan. Uh, what do you think about this, Tommy? Whenever people see a, a piece that real made, we would not tell the story first. We would usually let them to just see it, try to feel it. And we want them to share about their feeling. And uh, we would hear about it. And 
if it's a new perspective that we actually didn't see, then we'll be like, ooh, that's another story. But if the story carries something that we think they might have misunderstood it, then we will start to explain it. Then after that, we will see what they think. So back to your question of if the person has another understanding and another story that explains the piece, if that's a new perspective that is based on um, what the piece is, was trying to say originally, then that would be a bonus for us. Uh, we, we love that feeling too. But if it's a misconception, then we would explain it again and, and see how they see it. And at the end of the day, if they really see the value and also they, we can see that they genuinely like the meaning behind it, then that's usually the point we will say, yeah, if you want to collect it, feel free. But if they are just collecting for the sake of it, like if they see others collecting it and, and they want to collect it too, then we would be, we would hesitate. Yeah. What I'm really fascinated by is how we make meaning from what we see and experience because many works of art are very ambiguous and can hold multiple meanings at the same time. How do you work with this multiplicity of narratives and meanings? Yeah, the way the way I see it is, it's actually the same feeling for me as well. Because, like as I mentioned earlier, a lot of ideas is through the interactions between Rio and I originally, and now our group is starting to get larger. But we have our own perspective and our meaning towards something. And for me, I'm not a art person. I I don't create art. But maybe you you can also say thinking is also an art. But uh, that's another story. But Rio is the one who's actually making the art. And as he said, he just let his mind flow freely and creates when the thing pops up in his mind and he feels like that's the right time to do it. And every time I came to the atelier and see the new piece, I would, I would try to understand and I would ask you, oh, that's new. Well, why did you make this? Then he would have a lot of thoughts. And because that I, I know Rio uh, for many years and I was able to see, oh, so you're trying to say this then we have a version of, uh, we sort of create a meaning for the piece that he just made because that thoughts pops up in his mind for a reason, right? But sometimes he doesn't see why, but through our discussion, then he will start to figure out, oh, that's why, that's why. It would be really interesting when another person sees the same thing. Some, somehow uh, the best feeling is when it's like two different stories, but actually it originates from a from the same ideology and that's the interesting that we we started to see when we started to let people visit the atelier and talking to a lot more people because uh there are lots of different perspectives and when you make sense of all these different perspectives you will see oh the world is really interesting there are a lot of different stories but somehow there's always a connection between them in the background we have Tibai as well who has been really quiet but come over and come join us because I notice you want to add something to this conversation about the relationship between narrative and art making. Yeah, uh, hello, I'm Tibai from Malaysia. This is a new concept for me too, you know, um, because before meeting Rio and Tommy, I don't explain much about what I do. For me, just as a creative, my job is just to create and how other people judge is not my problem. But by passing down the message of what's my inspiration of the whole artwork is something new for me. Last time I used to think it's, it's not my job to let people know what am I thinking. You know, I just have to do whatever I want to do, to create whatever I want to feel like creating. But I think it's kind of important to, to make some effort to let people understand more. Not necessarily in words, you know, 
not just by the words or descriptions. The effort I put in is not in explaining, you know, it's just more intense uh, feeling that I can portray out from my work can be a different form, but that's very important, I think. Yeah. Okay, let's switch back to you, Rio. And also, when, when, when some kind of people had conversation with us, like the collector we, we mentioned who collect my concrete pieces or trousers, he made us to understand there's different perspective and, and which I always ignore. So it's kind of fun to have conversation with people who have a chance to come here and then we can talk. That's what I'm trying to experience recently as well, like, like to be open-minded, because uh, Tibai really long conversation with me and Tommy and Eric, so we start to understand some kind of feelings that uh, we, we can't explain. And I also understand that happy is not just about smiling or, or being looks like happy. It's actually open-minded to things and, and you, you just let things happen. That's explain why I always enjoy seeing how the world jamming with my pieces and then and, and just let things flow. That kind of happiness is in my subconscious and, and even though I always work with something looks like depressing things because I, I was quite depressed in Hong Kong or, or I wasn't able to control my emotion until recently. And then I think it's, it's really fun to like have another perspective and then create something out of that kind of perspective again. Earlier you spoke about the periods you were grappling with certain things that happened to you and you felt very down. What can you say about how you dealt with these emotions? Well, I, I, I figure out that nothing really important and I'm only living right now, the moment. So the past and the future is, is it's nothing to me anymore. I don't care. And from that point, I, I just, yeah, chill. As a human, we can change our mindset in a second easily. So I just use the tools. I, I don't even know I'm keep going. I, I just feel and through myself, I, I, when I do whatever I want, I, I don't stop myself. I, I, I just, okay, let's, let's go. Yeah, because um, just want to chip in because uh, actually I witnessed this process like uh, f- like from the depressed Rio to this uh, happy, open-minded Rio, so-called. I think what changed is like, Rio felt that the world didn't understand him and he felt being exploited by the world. And what changes, as I said earlier, when he started to talk about these things through me first, and then we started to talk about these things to other people, and these other people started to talk about these things too to other people, then sort of it resonated our mind through a single way that we were not able to understand at the beginning. But because we somehow shared this feeling and we felt that we have to let the world knows about what we are thinking. When this energy started to emerge and Rio felt that he's no longer alone and there's actually a way out, there's actually a way for people to understand this, then he started to feel that, oh, 
I need to step up from the song that I was in before in my own song in the spiraling down which caused the depression he stepped out of it started to talk to people about it and he started to see it. and back back to our previous conversation started to hear people's story people's thinking about what they see from his work and it also somehow resonated his mind as well and he started to feel that oh people understand it then through this process he, he began to bec- become more and more open-minded because more and more people understand it and he became more and more willing to share about this and it's also through this process that we see oh once people understand it it actually resonated their feelings somehow through different ways and that's the most interesting part because every people have different story but somehow through the single piece it was the piece was able to resonate people through different stories so the whole process is just happened like this Rio felt being understood he became more and more open-minded to share and the more he shared more people understood it and just got him out of that uh, spiraling down vibe that he was a few years ago what else are you working on right now Rio the current project they're working on I'm working out with T-Bai and we we're actually having fun like we didn't plan anything because Two months ago, me and Tommy and Eric went to Malaysia and, and, and met another friend uh, called Zhou Cha. And we had kind of road trip. And it was pretty fun because we didn't plan anything. And then like five guys in a vehicle or, or on a tiny vehicle without any planning. So few of us actually working on our own project, but end up we didn't care who we are and we just create tons of things or thoughts or joy so we want to share the same feeling to the community in hong kong so three of us me and tommy and eric decided to start up this artist form space project at new street so me and he by uh, having exhibition over there so we will build things out of the space and by collaboration means it doesn't means the same same thing like the usual collaboration this kind of collaboration is is really without permission because that's how i started with tbai i met him from joe's wedding and since that i i, I keep collaborating with tbai without asking him I just embroidery tea by on, on on my fabric. I, I built a huge tea by pillow so that when we invite tea by come to Hong Kong and and then because I, I never stay in any kind of artist residency until until the last trip in Malaysia with Eric and Tommy and tea by brought us to a place in Johor called 11th floor and and the owner of it just invited us to stay overnight and then he even allowed us to stay for months if we wanted and we can create in, in the space whatever we want. So I felt the joy and and, and after the Johor trip, we went to T-Bai's studio and, and we had a really deep con- conversation over there. And then and, and Tommy, as he mentioned, he used to work in a bank and for, for them, it's really unusual stuff you know lie down on on the floor at, at the studio not even at atelier because in this place i i built my own fabric and then i i weld here so it's it's really dusty here i can't even bring my dogs here 
that that's why we 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 decided to start some project. Uh, we felt this in Malaysia. Like okay, all we need is just a space, and people will eventually start creating there, right? So the exhibition will be now till unknown because we really feel in things, and 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 we will never know when it ends. So from now on to. Unknown, we will keep live streaming the the space at New Street, and every day is kind of different because me and he go there every day, and and we will cre- create things different than what we create at Atelier. So we're still creating here, and 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 maybe few weeks later, we we will start to move things in. So it's not only me and he buys collaboration. It's like. Really, everyone collaborating with us. Even my own atelier uh, having collaboration with the new space at at New Street. This project form and void sounds a bit like an art gem. Is that a fair description of your current project? Yeah, it is. Cause uh, the first gem I I felt uh, was with a local artist called Justin Low. So like he's a musician, and I never a music person, but he brought me to the Pure Street, the fresco. And I see people jam. I want to jam art with my friends like them. You know, I'm not a music person, but still I want to have that kind of joy. And wh- when I went to Malaysia, and and like five of us are like, ha ha ha, let's go, let's go. So we like kids in kindergarten having fun. Don't care about what others thinking. Uh, yeah. Um for me, for this uh, new project, it's like earlier we said, uh, Rio has transformed from the isolated, close to the happily open-minded to share. And so now we are at this stage of, uh, we want people to understand it. And through the process of letting more and more people to to understand what we are trying to say and resonated their own feelings and they actually want to be part of this as well. Once this mindset has been established in people's mindset and our group grew larger and larger, like the pieces, the, the bits and pieces that we mentioned just somehow all came into together. Like uh, we felt that uh, this is the right moment to do something and we, we actually went out to search for some spaces before, but it just, didn't have the right vibe and we just didn't really make any decision. But this time, because people, all of us are on, on, on the same page, on the same energy level, and we are on the same level of seeing how the story could potentially play out. And we somehow just found the right space and we didn't. it didn't take us long to make the decision because it's just a really good space that in the internet and we went to see it and the vibe was really right. And this vibe actually fits what our energy level feel at that moment and how we could like from this space see how like in a few years time, how our story will play out and you just everything just fell in place. So it'll be interesting to see how this project will play out because it's like really the first time that we started to talk to the world. And uh, through this project, we were able to um, talk to the community as well, because a lot of people, uh, we can see that they are very curious and they actually came in and we we let them draw draw on top of um, the paintings there. So it's really interesting to see uh, like, like a new art space in Hong Kong that people can actually just break free from their uh, normal routine and their normal thinkings and their normal urban life and it is sort of like a void for them to just be themselves and say and draw and make whatever they want.
Okay, let's wrap up this conversation with the last supper question. If you were to have your last supper, who would you invite and why? Um, my parents, Tommy, Eric, Tibai. I don't need the foolish. I I just need feel person, and that would be awesome. Many thanks for this amazing conversation, Rio, Tommy, and Tibai, and all the best, of course, with your current project, Form and Void. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Last Supper with Rio, Tommy, and Tibai. If you like this show about art in Asia, show your support by giving us a star rating and subscribing to this podcast. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at thelastsupper.asia. And of course, I welcome questions, suggestions, and new subjects about art in Asia. Simply send me a direct message on thelastsupper.asia Instagram account. If you don't have pen and paper handy, more information can be found in this podcast description. And finally, the Last Supper podcast supports the Hong Kong Art Gallery Association, a member-based non-profit organization of established local and international art galleries in Hong Kong.